Welcome to the Marriage Adventure Podcast, where the journey is the destination. It's the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Well, thanks for joining us today on the podcast. We hope you're having a great day. Whether you binge watch these things back to back to back, they really don't watch. Nope, they listen. Binge listen back to back to back. Maybe you're on a long drive. Or maybe you listen weekly. We're just glad that you tune in with us. We're glad to be with you. It's going to be a great, great day today. Hey, today we want to cover something on the podcast that I think might affect most everybody at some point in their life. Absolutely, in their marriage. And um, and I I think it's just so um, on my mind right now because so we we have recently come out of the whole, um, in, in Georgia, we've come out of our covid um quarantine quarantine bubble um and have gotten back to life and um i mean our kids are back in school face to face we're playing baseball our daughter had drama got to do a play and other than i mean wearing masks in stores and stuff like that and kind of keeping interactions to small groups of people our church is open life's back yeah it's not Church isn't normal, but it's open. Yeah. But yep. life's so life's quasi back to normal. Yeah. And so as we're us. yeah, we we have been um enjoying being back to well, quasi normal, but um I'll say it has brought up um a new set of, of well, not new. It's we've returned to an old set of problems and, and it's become um even more um, in my face, I guess, because in the last week I've had conversations with three, maybe, maybe three Mm -hmm. different people, um, who've told me that, man, we really enjoyed, um, we're glad things are back to normal, but you know, during quarantine, we kind of took some inventory of, it was kind of nice to spend time, all of us in, in home and having a slow schedule and now all of a sudden it's like, wow, we are, we thought we were going to just seep back into little things one at a time. And we are like in over our heads again. Full on. That Full was on. something that we heard a lot during the quarantine. Oh yeah. And I think we even included it in a couple of podcast episodes and everybody tried to take inventory. Mm-hmm. Everybody was trying to pull, uh, okay, what's, how can we make lemonade out of lemons here? Mm-hmm. And so what's some good things we're learning from, from being quarantined. And that was one of the things, as a matter of fact, for our staff in January, we had really realized, um, our leadership team that we had gotten really event driven at the church and too event driven and we had a meeting with our staff and said hey i think we really need to pull back and 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 realize what's important here and what's not important here and then covid hits and now you can't do anything mm. which put the focus on the main thing yeah. for the church so for families what was happening was quarantine hits and now their schedules are totally empty and they're in the house and they're playing board games, they're talking, they're spending quality time, they're going on hikes, they're going outside, and they're like, you know, there's is, a part of this yeah. I really like. And I don't nice. want to I don't want to lose that. But here we are again. That's right. Um, we're just coming off of um, we're getting ready to go into uh, December busy for you know, that's always very busy and um it's almost is you know May busy and December busy are just hectic, but we've kind of come to a pause on some of the activities, and it's 
it's made us stop and think. And, and there are couples who are greatly affected by what we like to say is just too much life. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think a, a lot of couples try to try to fit four pounds of life into a two pound bag. Mm. We get so inundated with stuff. Our yes. schedules do. Not just, I mean, I'm not talking about material stuff here. We're talking about crazy, hectic schedules. And so why, Bonnie, why do you think we do this as Americans? As Americans. As Americans. As well, it's our right to be busy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I don't know that we, I don't know. I think we get caught up. And, and let me just say this before we go any further is that I, we realize that today's episode may not be as applicable to couples who either don't have children yet or who mm-hmm. are in the empty nest season of their marriage. But um, I think this has become such an issue that we really want to address it for, for those of us who are still in this stage. Um, so let me just say that. But I think we've got this idea that we want our children to have everything. We want our children to either have the great life and opportunities we had when we were kids or have better ones or more ones than we did. Or be what I couldn't be. Sure. Sure. And so that has, I think, little by little, we're like, well, if this kid's going to do a sport, then this one needs to get to do something, too. Oh, and this one? Of equal or, (laughs) you know, equal. Yeah, and sometimes we don't. I mean, I know with us, we made the decision that, our kids were not allowed because we love to camp and all that. We made the decision we wouldn't let our children play a sport or do any activity till they turned eight. And we pretty much stuck with that with Josie. Mm-hmm. And then right and Colby was pretty seven much. and a half. Um, and there was this, this year and a half to two years where Josie was doing something and Colby wasn't that it felt almost unfair. To us. To us. But he never said a word about it. You're right. You're right. He didn't. It was the pressure that we felt mm-hmm. in, you know, that we put on ourselves for that. Right. And, and there's some of this that is the pressure we put on ourselves to make sure we want our kids, just like Bonnie said, we want our kids to have as much opportunity as we had or we see potential in them or we want them to become something that we were or we wanted to be. And that's self-imposed pressure. Mm-hmm. There's also another kind of pressure. And that's pressure from the outside. Mm. I mean, I remember when we were, you know, Colby was begging to play ball from the time he was two. You know, I mean, the kid would watch nine innings of baseball with me when he was two and three years old. We'd go by a field and he would say, Daddy, can we go play on that field? And and at at three and four years old. And um, you got got daddy shamed. I did. I mean, I remember several times, but one time specifically, I went to a birthday party, took him to a birthday party. And the dad asked me if he was playing ball. Because Colby was not engaging in the birthday party. He was sitting off to the side watching older kids play baseball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, is, is he on a ball team? I said, no. I said, we're going to wait until he's eight. And he, he literally daddy shamed me. Mm. Well, why would you do that? I mean, you know he's going to be behind. He's, gonna be, he's not going to mm-hmm. be up where the other kids are. Well, you can bring him over to my house and I can work with him. And I'm like, are you serious? What do you want to kiss my wife too? I mean, you don't think I can work on my kid? And it is, it's that external pressure that people mm-hmm. put on you that we try to have to live up to yeah. or everybody else's kids is doing that. Mm-hmm. And, and people, you yeah, know, well, why don't you get involved? Why don't you get involved? And um, so there's internal pressure, self-imposed, there's external pressure. And then honestly, guys, it's, I think there's just the, it's the state of life you're in. Yeah. You've got three or four kids, or two, three, four kids. It's, probably the typical size family 
And I don't know. I know some six and sevens. That's true. And um, and they're busy. Yeah. And and truthfully, you don't want your kids sitting around the house all day. No. Because no. idle hands, especially for little boys, idle hands are the devil's playground. Mm. And so one thing that baseball has been really good for Colby and this this program we have him in is man, it's teaching him discipline. It's teaching him to do hard things when it's not fun. It's a regimen. He is so much better with yeah. that, and he's growing. I mean, we you were out in the yard last week, and he was working his butt off. He was. Not he, making excuses, working hard. And I attribute a lot of that to what he's learning through yeah. extracurricular, through baseball. So there's a lot of good in it, and there's a lot of just by nature mm-hmm. of the beast. You know, you got all these little, you got these kids. Yeah. Life's going to be busy. Yeah. Or you got, you got a full-time job, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 40 hours a week. That's eight hours a day. And mm-hmm. most of them don't stay within 40 hours. It's just the nature of the beast. It's not anything you wanted or anybody put outside pressure. It's just what it's it, happening. You, it's it almost happening. happens to you. And I'll say this. We do know some couples who are on the other side of this who have navigated it well. Yeah. And they're, they, their children are healthy and happy, and they are too. And their marriage still, even in the empty nest, they, they've stayed connected. But there has been some very intentional things they've done along the way. Yeah. So on the other side of the break, we're going to dig into that issue. When we put four pounds of life into a two-pound bag, how can we remedy this? Or at least at best, how can we navigate through it? It's now time for Seriously Funny Dad Jokes. They are going to be seriously funny. You ready? Jokes are coming your way. They're not funny. Here's the first one. You ready? Why did the Scarecrow win an award? Hmm. Because he was outstanding in his field. Oh. Oh. He was out in the field? It's about to hit Colby. Did you get it? (laughs) (laughs) I can tell by his face. What did you? What do you call a man who can't stand? What? His name's Neil. Oh. <laughs> I'm thinking about removing my spine. I feel like it's only holding me back. That was bad. Uh. Well. Well. Don't say that to the people who are listening. That maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's the next one. Why don't skeletons ever go trick or treating? Why? Because they, they have. have they have no body to go with. Uh, <laughs> no body. Get it? Skeletons oh. have a body. <laughs> All right, what do you call an elephant that doesn't matter? What? what? An irrelevant. That was dumb. <laughs> irrelevant. Irrelevant. Okay. Well, today we're looking into a very common, yet it's almost, I mean, it's a pretty serious problem that many families are facing today, and it's the problem that we just have too much life. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. It's it's funny because we have too much life. That's really an oxymoron Mm. because too much of that does not breathe life. That's so true. It it, it breathes death. And if it's... it's, um, it's suffocating. It's suffocating. That's a great word. It um, that's a very big word. Word of the day. It it it's one of those things that if we don't um, put reins on it, it mm-hmm. can destroy families. It can destroy marriages. It's the kind of thing that it's the reason that that kids move out of the house and married couples look at each other and say, "Now what? Now what? And who are you? Mm. You've ignored each other for yeah. 10, 15 years, eighteen years." You've put all your attention on these kids 
And now you don't know each other. And where do you go from here? Mm. And so that's why you've got to be intentional about putting reins on it. You know, it's kind of like, I feel like Bonnie's sitting here with Charlie, our dog in her lap, and it's his favorite place to be. And he is sound asleep as she's petting him. But I think about, you know, opening the front door and just letting him run. Mm. He's going to go, you know, it's not fenced in out there and he'll run anywhere. So we've got to put a leash on him and say, here's where you can go. Boundaries. Boundaries. And that's the same thing, guys, we have to do with our life. If we just open the front door and say, okay, life happened, then guess what? It's going to happen. Yeah. And it's going to suffocate it's you. It's just going to keep rolling. And, 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 you know, we are talking a lot about this, focusing on it with kids, activities, and stuff like that. But, you know, it, it does apply also with, with jobs. We can become so busy in our jobs and in our own hobbies and interests mm-hmm. that we, we neglect the marriage that we're so busy with all these things that we aren't aren't doing those things together and we're just going in different directions and it still leads to the same place. It does. Mm-hmm. It does. Cool. So here's the question. How do we remedy this? I think I think we have to um, we have to ask ourselves a question first. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a question that nobody asks. We don't ever ask this when it comes to family. We ask this when it comes to business. Yeah. But we don't ask this when it comes to marriage and or finances. Sometimes we do. Yeah, that's right. So here's here it is. I believe the first thing we have to ask is we have to begin with the end in mind. Mm. Um, begin with the end in mind. So in his book Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, um, this was Stephen Covey's second habit. And uh, what do you want? Here's the question: What do you want your family to look like in ten years, mm. fifteen years? 20 years. Begin with the end in mind. What do you want it to look like when your kids graduate college mm-hmm. or graduate high school? Or, or you know, what do you yeah. want your marriage to look like? And then start there and then get a, get a good picture, a good vision yeah. of what you want life to look like then when I'm 60 mm-hmm. or, or whatever that is. And then work back from that and build the process to get there. Well, it's the same thing that you do when you sit down and plan retirement. How much money do I need to be making? How much do I need to be have in the bank that I can pull out? Mm-hmm. And for however long we're going to live on that. What, and then you work your way backwards and say, okay, so here, here are the investments I need to make now yeah. so that I have that in the bank when I want to retire. And this is the life we want to live. This is what we want it to look like. We mm-hmm. want to live in a little tiny tent, you know, mm-hmm. so we don't have to save much or we want to live in a mansion or we want to, we want to keep working. You have to know what that's going to look like and then start now to get there. Yeah. And it's scripture. It's scriptural. You know, with no vision, the people will perish with mm-hmm. no vision for your family or your life, then your family will perish. It will, it will tear it apart the world and the people that you're investing in, uh, I mean, these organizations that it's taking your time and money, they don't care about the, most of them, I don't want to overgeneralize there, but they don't care about the spiritual, mental health of your family, mm-hmm. relational health of your family. Um, and so you have to ask, what do I want my family to look like in 10 years? Is it a nicer house? Is it a retirement? Is it a kid's college? Or... Does it deal more with the spiritual or relational success of your family? Because I'm going to tell you, if it doesn't, then it doesn't matter what kind of house or retirement or college or sports or scholarships your kids get. Mm. It's going to, it, it's going to be torn apart. Yeah. 
So I think when you look at what you want your family to look like in 15 years, 20 years, you need to start with the spiritual or relational side of it. Mm-hmm. And, and then back from there, um, what will your marriage look like when the kids move out? What do you want it to look like when the kids move out? Yeah. Cause I'm going to tell you, if you ignore your marriage until the kids move out, then guess what? Mm-hmm. You ain't gonna have a marriage. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like we well, we want our we don't want to cheat our kids out of all these opportunities. We want them to be able to have you know all their friends are doing these things. We want them to be a part. We want them to you know to be involved in everything, and that's great. But is that the most beneficial for them? Are they going to look back on their life and say, you know what, I got to do all these awesome things, but now I'm having to spend I'm having to do Thanksgiving twice one at mom's house and one at dad's house yeah and and, you know now i'm having to and you know when i get married i'm having to do four because now my my husband his parents went down the same road they got to do all the stuff so it's it's just a big mess and do we want our kids to be able to come home to mom and dad loving each other Mm -hmm. you know or do we want to say we gave them the world but we didn't give them a godly marriage yeah, the Four Christmases that was a really funny movie. Yeah, but it's not—it's not funny in real life. Not if you have to live it. No, and probably too many of you guys listening to this today experience that, mm-hmm. and that's not what you want for your family or your kids. Now, we're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. We're not saying, "Hey, you know, you need to keep your kids at home and homeschool, no. and they can't get involved in anything." I don't—that's not healthy. Uh, like we said earlier, I think it's healthy for kids to be involved and to learn and to grow and to. Our job as parents is to raise them, to let them go and be godly people let go. So we're not saying that, but what we're saying is if your schedule is at such a pace that it's a detriment to your marriage Mm -hmm. and your family, then you've got to take a hard look. So I think the first thing, like we said, the first thing is what do I want my marriage and family to look like? Now in, in episode 15 of the podcast, we talked about how to develop a family mission statement and core values. Mm-hmm. And this is something that if you have a job, your company probably has one. I know the church I'm on staff with does. But what can this do for your marriage, having a family mission statement and core values? Well, I know when we sat down and allowed the kids to be part of that, we did that whole brainstorming process and allowed them to be part of what do we what do we exist for as a family mm-hmm. and what are the non-negotiables in our life what are the things that we want to do together what are the things that um we don't want to leave out and we developed those together and what we did is we said these are the things that are core to us these are the things that are important to us as a family and then we look at all the things we're doing and we run it through our, our reason we're here and the core values. Yeah. If you work at a company, your mission statement, it's, it's guide guardrails for you. It's a railroad track that everything you do follows along that track. It takes you to the end result. And that's what your family mission statement and core values does for you. So after we sat down and had a weekend and I kind of let a brainstorm session and I let the kids really do the bulk of it. I kind of let it but, um, well, now they're bought into it. That's right. And so we hanging on our wall, we have our mission statement hangs over our kitchen door. And then we have our core values on the wall and everything we do flows through that. And our mission statement is our family exists to love God, enjoy life together, work hard and show the love of God. 
And that's why we exist as a family. And then our core values are one, there's six of them. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Number two, family comes first. Number three, love others, serve others, and tell them about Jesus. Four, be kind to everyone. Five, that's really hard to do. It really is. Be kind to everybody. Five, have fun, be adventurous. Six, work hard. And so there are times when our kids come across a decision at school or we come across a decision of what we should be involved in, what we should do. And guess what we've done a number of times? We've come over to the wall, we've looked at the core values, Mm -hmm. and we're like, does this fit in that filter? Well, well, recently, you know, Josie had, she was involved in a play, and then Colby had something that that would have conflicted with that. Mm -hmm. And we asked him, okay, so Colby, what do you think is the right thing to do? I think he had practice or something. Yeah, based on this on these core values, what do you think we should do? And he walked over, he looked, and he said, well, family comes first, so I need to go support Josie. That's right. I'm like, yes. She right. has one play. Mm-hmm. He has multiple games throughout yeah. the season. So that was important. Mm-hmm. And so I think once you can work on your mission statement, that will help you define what you want your family to look like. Right. I think you have a picture in your mind. You want your family to be healthy. You want your marriage to be healthy. But how do you get there? Develop a mission statement. Develop core values. And if you want to know how to do that, go back to episode 15 of this podcast. And in the show notes, we have a, a, a PDF written out of how you can go through that process. Mm-hmm. That gives you some guidelines and some railroad tracks. And I'm going to tell you, if you're just now starting out your marriage and you don't have kids, do yes. this now. Yes. Because when you... We say kids don't make a family. Mm-hmm. You bring kids into a family. Yes. And so I know a lot of people ask you, hey, when are you starting a family? You got you started your family when you got married. Right. And so develop your core values, uh, your core. And then when you bring kids in the family, you put them on that same railroad track. Yeah. And it and it defines what you get involved in. So, um, yeah. So. Well, the next thing that you have to do is you have to be comfortable. And this is hard. You have to be comfortable with saying no. Yeah. Because you're going to have to say no to friends, family probably, mm-hmm. to your kids, <laughs> and sometimes to your spouse and to yourself. There are things that you're going to have to say no to that you don't want to say no to. Right. I mean, there are times our kids, you know, we try to say yes as much as we can, mm-hmm. but there are times our kids are, well, can I play this? Can I do this? Like, no, you're already doing so much. And if we say yes to this, let's let's just evaluate when are we having family time. And if family comes first, when is that going to happen? Yeah, um, yeah, because that's the most that's the most important thing. It's for our family. That's one of our core values. So you got to be comfortable saying no. And and I think Bonnie, maybe to a default, we kind of take pleasure being a little weird and yeah, saying maybe we to do. the world you know yeah. there's just some stuff that we've said you know what I don't I don't care I don't care what people think about us mm-hmm. and um as a matter of fact we we kicked and screamed I talked so negative for years <laughs> about um travel ball and you know and yeah. all that and I've got some friends at work that are laughing at me and I've had to eat crow with uh-huh. but we kicked and screamed and God drug us onto this team, yeah. into this program we're in now. And for about six or eight months. Mm-hmm. And uh, and finally, God just had to pin us into where we didn't have a choice. And then 
I was like, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm being disobedient to not. But there were a lot of things that led to that decision. And I'll say Josie is just as connected into that team as Colby is. And if she was not, we would have to really consider it because it wouldn't be as good for our family. But she begs to go to practice because she has friends there. It's more, it's as beneficial for her as it is for him. Right. And so it's one of those things. It's like, okay, this works for our entire family. Yeah. I didn't, one thing, we didn't want Josie's life to have to revolve around Colby's baseball. Right. Quote, air quote, career. Sure. As a nine-year-old. And, um, and that doesn't, happen she loves it more than him you know Praise she's jesus yeah so um so anyway you're gonna have to develop a, a mission statement core values a vision for the future you're gonna have to get comfortable with saying no to things and um and then here's the thing it's gonna uh take both of you to work and it's gonna be difficult and first corinthians says this it says everything is permissible for me but not everything is beneficial mm. Um, you're going to have to choose the great over the good. Mm. And um, there are a lot of good things we could be part of. I mean, there, there are a lot are. of godly things that we mm-hmm. could be part of, that we could be investing our time in. And um, But we just have to pray, okay, Lord, what good things do I need to set aside so I can be part of the great things that you've called us to Um we don't want to miss the great because we our plate is so full of good. Um, yeah. I know Thanksgiving's Jim. coming up, and I'm going to fill my plate up with, there are a lot of this, like, the obligatory vegetables, I think. Sometimes I'm just <laughs> going to skip those because there's some great stuff I know to come, and I don't want to, you know, take up the space in my stomach with, mm-hmm. you know, why, why have just a plate of vegetables when you could have all the good stuff coming afterwards? That's right. So. And, and, and Jim Collins said that. He said, good is the enemy mm-hmm. of great. It's and so it, true. And it really is. And yeah. that's especially true when it comes to our family. Yeah. And, um, and so, and, and again, we're not saying that you, you throw the baby out with the bathwater and you don't do anything. Right. And listen, the more kids you have, the, the more busier you're going to be. Yeah. That's correct English, the right? The more busy. The more busy you're going to be. And, um, and it's just the nature of the beast. But even within those parameters, you're going to have to see. And, and, and one phrase I think is good to use with your kids is fair is not always equal. Yes. And meaning if I'm spending, you know, $100 on this kid and $10 on this, I don't have to spend the same amount on each kid at the end of the day, it's all going to work out Mm -hmm. over time. And so if you've got one kid for this season, that's really busy, that doesn't mean you need to get these other three in the same program. Um, you know, I know some people whose 12 year olds involved in one program and they get their six year old involved in a program of equal, you know, intensity. intensity. And, um, and it doesn't have to work that way. Um, you can say no to one kid while saying yes to another, you just need to make sure that over time that balances out. You don't yeah. want to always say no to that one kid and yes to the other. But during different seasons, that might change. Yeah. Um, and that's important to know. Yeah. Um, so, but you you both need to be willing to do the work. Um, and, and maybe if you're listening to this, both of you may not get the conviction at the same time that it's... it's um, too much. It's too much. It might be that just one of you are... Um, well, you need to find a way to lovingly bring them to this understanding. Yeah. I mean, we've said this before. If you let them listen to this podcast episode and then y'all dive in and talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need to find a loving way to, to broach the topic. 
Well, and you know that there are different seasons you go through and your marriage may still be fine through all of this. You Mm -hmm. may be, you may be incredibly busy and you may be loving life together. I mean, I remember sitting down, but the seas that when Colby first started, you weren't coaching or anything, and we kind of turned his baseball into date, his practices mm-hmm. into date nights. We'd pull up, pull up our chairs, sit and just kind of just the two of us talk, and it was we like would separate a, ourselves from the other parents. Yeah. There. it was. I remember Bonnie. You said one time, you said, "Man, if the ocean was behind me, this would be the perfect vacation." I know. Watching Colby play ball in the front, the water in the back, yep. and. um and we had one couple come up to us, and they said, we're living vicariously through you as they're chasing all their other kids around. But then it changed, and I started helping out and coaching and all that and kind of being a, a help on the field with the other coaches. And So in that shift, we have had to do something. Mm-hmm. We have had to be more intentional about time with just us. That's true. It's so. very true. So here's what we want to do. We want to give you guys – some eight very quick, we won't dive into each of those. I think a lot of these are self-explanatory. Eight um, eight things that maybe can help uh, in this. Once you've gotten your picture of the future, you've made your mission statement, you're, you're having to learn to say no, do these things and maybe these can help. And if you have a pencil, piece of paper, jot them down or come back to them, maybe we'll put them in the show notes. Um, then here, here's some of those things. Number one, make time for each other, Mm -hmm. no matter how busy you are. And that may take saying no to something sometime. Yeah. Um, It may take getting your kids out of the house and you guys staying home. Yeah. But make time for each other. We've talked about before going to bed at the same time. If you just obviously cannot get a date night, then when the kids go to bed, you guys... Save some energy. Stay awake to talk. That's right. Don't go your separate ways and one watch one show, one watch another, or one work. Use those that hour before you go to bed or two hours before you go to bed once the kids are in bed to, to connect. Yeah. Use that time at night. That's kind of a little built-in date night. So make time mm-hmm. for each other. And here's number two. Be thoughtful. Just just help each other out with stuff, like maybe helping out with the, the chores, but be thoughtful of each other and find ways to think of the other person and um, put the other person first. Yep. Number three, if you can, and I mean, you got to fight for it, hold date night sacred. Mm-hmm. And if that's weekly, wow, that's awesome. If it's every other week, then that's good too. If it's once a month, whatever it is, you got to hold that. Put it on the calendar like you put anything else on the calendar. Um, A good friend of mine was telling me she and her husband have held this date night sacred for years and years. They've raised children all the way through. They have kept their weekly if not every other week date night intact and she's got teenage kids now and she had some of her friend her teenager had a friend over and she's ready to go out to go on her date with her husband and the teenage friend looks at her and said where are you going she said I'm, I'm going out we're going out on a date and she's like I've never seen my mama get dressed up to go out with my dad oh I know that's heartbreaking and she said I, I I've never seen my mama get dressed up for my dad and for them to go on a date and that's, that is heartbreaking because it's so vital for our children to see that we love each other and want to spend time together. It gives them stability more than any activity in their lives. They, their world could be fault. They, you could take away every activity mm-hmm. they have. And if mom and dad are good, life is good. But if you let them be involved in everything and mom and dad crumble, then their world's going to shatter. You are setting patterns for how your kids will live in their marriage. Yes. And if they never see you make time for each other, then unless they're 
um, met with some earth changing, you know, podcast episode they listen to, <laughs> they're going to do the same thing in their marriage. Right. right. They're going to just do as you did probably. Yeah. Um, so. So yeah. number four. Okay. Yes. You hold a date night secret. Number four, put down the phone. Put down the phone. That is hard. Yeah. That's hard to do. I it's mean, it's attached to us. We I got think. email. We got Facebook. We got you know we got Instagram. Life. Too much life stuff going on, and that's the thing you're gonna going back to our get comfortable with saying no. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to learn to say well, no to yourself. Saying no to yourself. That's the hardest. It is, and maybe you ha- you buy one of those boxes that has the little timer on it. Yeah, you know, and everybody puts their phone in there, and at least an hour, two hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, do something, eat, when you eat dinner together, even if it's crazy, put your phones in a certain spot in in a box or something and just leave them there. Emails can wait one hour. We know parents that have taken their phones away from their kids and their kids were like, loved, they loved life and they didn't have the pressures of their phone. It took off the pressure. Yep. Yep. So put the phone down. Number five, be patient. Um, if your spouse's schedules, what's crazy and they're working a lot, constantly complaining about their schedule doesn't help. Yeah. Um, be patient and be think very hard about how you approach this conversation. Mm-hmm. Because if it sparks, um, you know, an argument or bitterness, it's then it's retroactive. It's not helping you at all. Right, so be right. patient. Counter, counter. Uh, Intuitive. Something like that. Yep. yep. Uh, number six, maintain a prayer life together. Mm. Um, make sure that you're at least spiritually connecting. Even if it's over dinner, if it's at night, you're taking a few minutes to pray together. Just make sure you're maintaining because that connection with God keeps your hearts intertwined. Mm. I said retroactive. That totally did not fit no, that word. Counterintuitive. That's what I meant. Mm-hmm. Yes, onto that one. Maintain a prayer life. Your your time together in the Word, whether you do a devotional together or not. Um, you know, talk about what God's teaching you and stay connected uh, through prayer. Pray with your kids. Um, that's important. Um, here's the, the ne- next one, number seven. Be the dream team, meaning divide up tasks, divide up chores, work as a team. Schedules are going to be crazy, but if you can stay connected as a couple during those crazy times, I mean, listen, if you got teenagers, your life's crazy. Mm-hmm. It is. I mean, I get it, and you can't disconnect from all of it. But if you can stay connected through conversation with your spouse, through date nights with your spouse, times 30 minutes at night before you go to bed, then you can be the the, the dream team. And it's kind of like a dance. It's like when Bonnie and I clean up the kitchen, she's washing dishes. I'm putting this up. I'm, you know, we kind of, it's kind of like a dance. We just kind of move, move fluidly. Around, yep, around each other. And if you're staying connected in life, you can do that with handling all the different the different chores and the different, you know, things, tasks that you're involved in. And then here's one that's important. Number eight, use your vacation days. Yes, yes. Um, well, and, I know we get to like November and I'm like, hey, you need to check and see how many vacation days do you have? Yeah, right? yeah. So Listen, we can just take them. God and- gave you sick days for a reason. Vacation days, <laughs> use them and maybe surprise them with it. Just say, hey, I'm taking today off. Yeah. And uh, and just have Spend a day. It. Spend a day with your spouse mm-hmm. and just surprise them while the kids are at school. Mm-hmm. That's the greatest thing. So, Bonnie, I want to ask you this question. What if our kids are massively connected? Okay. So, we've already gotten into this pattern. We've got two kids, three kids, six kids. What do you do? Already going in. They're already committed to all these things. 
I think it depends on where your marriage is. It depends on the state of your marriage. If you're healthy and you, the two of you have made time to stay connected. You're and managing you're, it and okay. you're managing it okay. Or if you're saying, you know what, this is just a, a season when we get to, we, we did an episode on intentionally being imbalanced intentionally mm-hmm. that we say, okay, here's the light at the end of the tunnel. Then we're going to spend this time together and um, you're managing it and you're both on the same page and you know where this is headed and you're not allowing your children to dominate and run your life. Mm-hmm. Then I think, okay, it's all right. As long as you're balancing it and you're on the same page. As long as your marriage is healthy yes. through the chaos, yes. you're fine. But... If you've reached that place where you or your spouse feels like you might be like, I'm fine with this. Everything's great. But your spouse is saying, I'm drowning. I'm drowning. I'm missing you. I need you. I I miss us. Or if you're feeling that and maybe your spouse isn't and you're like, one of you's got to be the one to hey, raise your hand and say, hey, can I, I need a time out. Hold on. Um, Because I'll say this, your children's activities that they your children will be fine if you pulled them out of every single thing tomorrow they might even be happy to have a break because <laughs> yeah. um, sometimes we drive our children to things that they haven't that we're driving the the you know we're driving mm-hmm. it harder than they are um and it might be healthier for them for you to just stop mm-hmm. um so if you're in a place where you're like my marriage is needs help then everything else needs to bow to Serving your marriage right, right now. That's right. Everything needs to go on pause. If you have to tell every person in your life, your your parents, your 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 friends who have you involved in stuff with them, tell the children. Everybody needs a no right now except for your spouse. Mm-hmm. You've got to be intentional. If you wait to put this thing back together, you're going to keep waiting and keep waiting and keep waiting. And your children are going to have a happy American dream life until mom and dad are no more. That's right. Mark eight thirty six says this, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Mm. Um, and that translation is what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world yet loses his soul? And so, so you have to give up stuff. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you lose your marriage, mm-hmm. if you lose your sanity or your spouse does, then is that worth not telling your kids, Hey guys, we need to take a pause. Yeah. We need to take a a breather and, and this could, this could translate. We, this might not just be kids activities. This could translate into a job. You're working overtime because you want the big house. You want the boat, you want the cars. And that's great that you want those things, but I've told you before, if we're, I could live in a, I could live in a single wide trailer or a shoebox or a tent. If we, I would rather you make nothing and us have time together mm-hmm. than for you to be gone all the time. Our kids never see you for me to never see you and us not have that connection. Mm-hmm. We can give up the stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Your spouse may be saying, I don't want the stuff. Mm-hmm. I just want you. And My so, kids have never asked us for a bigger house. Oh no. And yeah. our house is relatively small yeah but they have asked us for more time yeah yeah so today you're gonna have to um evaluate you're gonna have to evaluate where you are on this scale if your marriage is healthy and connected but just busy then keep the finger on the pulse of that 
and just make sure you're still connecting time, you know, spending time. We're not saying that being busy is bad. Right. But when you're trying to fit so much life into, um, and, and it's, and it's at detriment to your relationship, you're trying to do so much stuff and say yes to the world and your marriage is suffering and your family is suffering, then you got to take a hard look. Yeah. So, well, hopefully this has helped you today. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, if you have any, uh, any podcast uh, topics or any questions for us or you just want to reach out, you can reach us at info, I-N-F-O, at themarriageadventure.com. And, um, man, we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Then head on over to Facebook and Instagram and give us a follow. Have a great week.